I really believe that what we're supposed to look at together today is an, actually an introduction to a study that will begin when I get back. And we're going to begin studying in detail together on Sunday morning the, uh, the book of Hebrews. Uh, it is uh, the resurrection. Last week we looked, we looked first of all together at what our Lord Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. And then in the second service that we had last Sunday morning, we looked together at because He is risen, because of the empty tomb. We looked immediately in John chapters uh, 20, 21, looking at what happens after the resurrected Christ because it helps us to understand what He is accomplishing because of the resurrection. The first thing we notice is those that mourn, those that mourn will be comforted because of the resurrected Christ. We looked at those, those who doubt those who doubt will believe because of the resurrected Christ. And then finally, we looked at those who are empty-handed. Those who are incapable will be able to feed the sheep because of the resurrected Christ. All that, go, all that is going on in the local church, in the local churches, everywhere throughout the world, all that is going on in the church in the world today is because of the resurrected Christ. That is the power of God on display within human beings. It is. I marvel. I continue to marvel. While brother uh, and the song that brother Kenny just sang, it, it speaks of growing, continuing to to uh, rejoice in the newness every day. Every day He brings to me new assurance. Every day He causes us to see through His Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit within us the greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ, and He grows in our understanding every day. In Ephesians chapter 1, this is the passage that we read uh, last week. And I read it again because it goes from where we were to where we're going. And I want you to recognize that this is a prayer. This is a prayer for those, let's look at who they are. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith, so these are people who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. These are believers. These are new creatures. Your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints. These are somewhat mature believers. These are believers who not only are new creatures, they are new creatures who have grown somewhat in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and they have learned what it is to live a life of love. I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That, verse 17, begins the prayer. Here is the prayer. You say, what do I pray for my loved ones? Perhaps you have uh, adult children who know the Lord, and you know they do, and they've grown, and you know they have. What do I pray for them? How do I pray for those who seem to be doing well in their walk with God? What is the prayer for them? Well, here it is. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, our Lord Jesus Christ. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope or the expectation of His calling, and 
what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. God wants us to know these things. Listen, look, please look here. I am, I am so very confident in this book. I am so very confident in its ability to change your life. I am so confident in it that the Lord has really convicted me to, to, to really be done with any clever, cute sermons. But that we would know this Word. This is, this is where you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Not in cleverly crafted um, speeches that a preacher could bring. The purpose of the pastor is that you would grow in a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that I know for you to grow is this book. That Listen, that you wouldn't see this book simply as um, nice religious talk, but that you would begin to see what God wants you to see in it. That you would begin to grow in your understanding of it. If you have, listen, please hear me. If you have no heart for this book, and I don't mean that you're not willing to listen to a sermon. Obviously you are, you're here. If you have, if you wake in the morning and it isn't what you look for, then talk to God about it because something's wrong. If the word of God is not precious to you, and I don't mean precious as in rare, I mean precious as in sweet. If the word of God is not precious to you and you have no real desire to pick it up and meet with the author, then talk to the author about it because something is wrong. Something is wrong. This word, the Holy Ghost uses this word to reveal the Son to us. To cause us to understand Him in a way that doesn't just magnify Him, it edifies you. It is God's desire that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of His, of his Son. I want you to notice at the end of this is not that the purpose of what we're looking at isn't actually to expound upon that in any great detail. It's actually to look at what happens when it says what happens when he raised him from the dead in verse 20. The Lord Jesus Christ clearly said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. They didn't kill Jesus. It was their intention to kill Jesus but they couldn't have killed him. You know that, right? You do understand that. He could have hung there all day. He could have not hung there all day. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. But he must lay down his life or I cannot have life. Either he pays for my sins or I pay for my sins. One of us has to pay for my sins. And praise God, he chose to pay for your sins. Amen? If you be the Son of God, get down. Because I am the Son of God, I will not get down. And when he says it is finished, guess what he means? It is finished. Don't get stuck in Galatianism. Don't get stuck in adding your good works to your salvation to please God. Jesus Christ pleased the Father. Amen? Your salvation, if your faith and trust is in the blood of Christ, your salvation is complete in Him. But when He raised Him, raised Him from the dead, 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Where is our Lord Jesus now? He's at the right hand of God the Father. Amen? He is on a throne. He's on a throne. You know, one of the, one of the unfortunate truths about Christianity is too many Christians see their Lord as a pitiful victim on a cross. My Lord is not a pitiful victim. He was never a pitiful victim on the cross, by the way. Our Lord is not a pitiful victim on the cross. He is the reigning, almighty Son of God. Amen? All of the affairs of men go across His desk. All of them. If you look in the book of Revelation, you will see very clearly that as the world is coming to an end, He is the one that's opening the seals. He is the one allowing these things to take place. Is the economy falling apart? It isn't simply falling apart. The seal being opened allows it to fall apart. Amen? He will shake everything. He will shake everything. He shakes the earth that we may realize it can be shaken. He shakes your life because it can be that you might turn to Him and say, Lord, I need something stronger, more foundationally capable than myself. Because I cannot seem to be sustained when things are difficult. But He can. Not only can, can He be sustained, as we look at the fact that there's never a ripple around the throne of God. Not only can He be sustained in difficulty, He can sustain you in your difficulty. Far above. Now look at verse 21 with me. Far above. I don't have any idea what this means. Mark, I don't have any idea what this means. I really don't. I don't know. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Do you realize too many people really believe that Satan is a dark evil force and God is a is the good force. And they're at battle. And there's this close battle going on. Far above. Far above. What is the distance between Satan, the created being, and Christ, the creator? Far above. Amen? Amen? Far above. Far above. It is remarkable that we can live under our circumstances when Christ is so far above all of it. And you are seated together with Him in heavenly places. Amen? And it is the Father's good pleasure that this would be that way. You are with Christ because the Father wants you to be. And He put Him far above. Far above. I put all things under His feet. I have a... Uh, I have a footstool at the house. And it's not really a footstool. I probably should know the name. It's not an ottoman. I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of a long square box that opens up, okay? has a soft thing on the top of it where my feet go. Amen? And I think about, when I think of this beneath his feet, I think about, you know, that. It's a resting place for my feet. Now, everything's not beneath my feet when I have my feet there because Wendy, our little dog, sits on top of my legs while I have my feet there. I know more than put my feet, you know, I, I know we've, we've made much discussion about my lack of real desire to have this dog in our house. But I know more than put my feet up on that and she just jumps right up on And she just smiles at me. I put her down, she jumps right back up there and smiles at me again. I start petting her and we just go on, amen? So we're just going to step to putting her down pretty soon, I think, and just going to go right to the petting. 
The earth is, the earth is, listen, when, it, when you recognize that the earth is his footstool, it isn't, a man, it isn't meant to be derogatory toward the inhabitants of the earth. It's to cause us to understand our position, where we are. We are beneath. We are beneath. Amen? He is from above. We are not from above. We are new creatures because of what He has done, but we are not equal to Him and nobody is. Amen? Nobody is equal to our Lord Jesus Christ. The greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ is no matter what, whatever has come into your life, no matter what difficulty has come into your life, He is far above it. He is, you may feel like you are not, but He is. Amen? So run to Him. I, I, I marvel, I marvel at the number of times we run to one another, the number of times we run to our pastor. I, and, and when you call me, I will try to help. But in helping you, I, you can be sure this is what I'm going to do. Have you got on your knees yet? Have you gone to God about this yet? And, and, and when you say yes, my, it, what runs through my mind when you say, oh yes, pastor, I have is, really? Then why are you calling me? Because I'm confident if you actually met with him, you wouldn't need me anymore. Amen? Yes? Purpose of the pastor, again, is to put your eyes where they belong. They don't belong on each other. They don't belong on me. They belong on the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who is indeed far above. Far above. You're sitting in the hospital room with your loved one. Far above. You're sitting at the table with your wife and you've added up the, the bills and you've added up the income and guess which one's wrong? <laughs> Somehow this don't go into this. Far above. Or worse yet, worse yet, you've had words that you wish you didn't have with the one that you love. And you don't know why. And you didn't want to argue when the argument started. You didn't want to go through the difficulty when it started, but now there's a, now there's an anger, now there's a frustration, now there's a quietness in the house. Far above. Far above. Let me, let me give you this advice. Go to the one that you love. Walk into that room and say, would you kneel with me? And together we will go to the one that is far above. And ask him to make our marriage what he wants it to be. Because he is able. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Not only is our Lord Jesus Christ far above now, but he always will be. Amen? But he always will be. You say, what's eternity going to be like? And I don't know everything about eternity. You, know, you can look at the book of Revelation. You can look into Daniel. You can look in, in some books in the Bible and get some idea. And, and many people write a lot of books about these things, and I'm not sure they really know what they're talking about. But I, but I do know this. I do know this. Our lives for all of eternity will be filled with worship and service to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And I rejoice in that. How many of you, honestly, how many of you are looking forward to the day when sin no longer hinders your service for God? Amen? Amen? The book of Psalms is a book of worship, right? Remember, I, I have to do this every time I think about this. Psalms is worship. It's this relationship, right? Proverbs is wisdom. It's these relationships. It's all of these, ours, with each other. When, when your wisdom, when your relationships this way are not what you know they should be, go back to the book of Psalms and find out what's wrong here. Because, I listen, I promise you, if your worship is what God would have it to be, your relationships will be what God would have them to be. Amen? 
the strength of your relationship with your family, your extended family, your co-workers, your neighbors, is not in the wisdom of the relationship. It's more foundational than that. It goes back to your worship of the true and living God. Go back there. Sit at his feet. Remember, Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're troubled, you're bothered by so many things. But Mary has chosen that good thing. And you know what Jesus said about it? And it will not be taken from her. Listen to me. You cannot lose out by sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I don't have time to sit at his feet. You don't have time not to. Sit at his feet. Say, you don't know what my calendar is like. You don't know what my calendar is like. You, You take the time to sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ in humble adoration. And I promise you the rest of the day will grow strangely dim. Everything will fit its perfect place. That's a promise from God. Go, spend your time there with Him. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the Word richly while you're spending time with God. And then as your day goes on and the event takes place that God already knows is going to take place, the Word of God will come right back to you. And you'll say this, I have, I have, a, I have a strange peace about this flat tire. One of the, one of the great, my wife has said this. I, I am not thrown by great things. Great, great turmoil for some reason. The Lord has given me strength and faith and thought. I am thrown by little things. I am thrown by little things. I'm thrown by my schedule being upset typically. If I'm on my way somewhere and, and, you know, you know, we've all talked about those people that just can't drive. You know what I'm saying? Those people around here, they just can't drive. Or those, or the street lights that are so poorly timed, that type of thing. Boy, what a, <laughs> What a blessing to, what a blessing to have peace at a red light. Amen. Amen. You're on your way someplace and you've got a meeting and you were delayed at your last meeting because it went a little bit longer and you're on your way there and you're really looking forward to being able to minister when you get there and you're driving along and you're 300 yards and the light turns that yellow color. It's like, man, that's exactly the wrong time. I can't, even if you accelerate, you're not going to get through it in time. Amen. And don't do that, but don't be that person, right? Jeff will have to come get you in his ambulance and take you to the hospital. And, you know, that's not how he wants to meet you. So don't do that. Have that peace. Start your day with the Lord Jesus. Now turn with me, if you would. Turn to Hebrews. We're going to go there. We're just going to spend a couple of minutes there right now. It's, it's interesting. As I was looking at how do we introduce the book of Hebrews, I thought, well, we introduced the book of Hebrews by reading part of it. So I started reading it. So, yeah, we should read that. And then I kept reading a little bit. Yeah, we should read that. And I kept reading a little bit more. Yeah, we should read that. And I got to the end of it and said, all right, we're not going to have time for that. So what, do, what, what can we look at this morning? Well, let's begin where God did. Amen? Right? You know, one of the wonderful things about studying a book in an expository way, starting at chapter 1, verse 1, is you start where God did when he wrote it. Amen? Amen. We're all aware, and it's kind of sad that there's so much preaching where a simple verse is used as nothing but a springboard for the preacher to say what he wants to say. So much more powerful when we just let the words develop themselves. Amen. So let's do that. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. What a wonderful advantage you and I have to live in the age in which we live. Really, I mean that. It it is a marvel to me how weak the church is, how weak the local churches are when we have the whole counsel of God, 
and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ who ever liveth to make intercession for us. We have every advantage. We have every advantage. Why don't I have, why, why, why don't we, why don't we as individuals have, have a stronger desire for that glory in our life? Well, when you go to work, why doesn't that person at work who says things that they shouldn't say and is even unkind to your other, why doesn't he break your heart instead of irritate you? Let me ask you this. Do you think your coworker irritates Jesus? Or do you think he breaks his heart? You think Christ cares for him? He hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. In the Old Testament, they had the prophets and praise God for the prophets. Remember in the Sunday school class that we just had a few moments ago, John pointed out that the problem with false prophets is they said, thus saith the Lord when the Lord did not thus say. And they were like, well, how do we know? How do we know? How do we know? And this is how God said, if it doesn't come to pass, then you know. Well, how, how long do I wait to see if it comes to pass? How do we know? How do I know whether the preaching and teaching is of God or not? I line it up with this book. Amen? And the Holy Spirit within me says, yay or nay. Amen? Yes? No? How do you know? That's how I know. I listen to a sermon. I listen to a study. How do I know whether it's of God or not? It lines up with the rest of the book. Amen? It's the only way that I know. God, who at sundry times, different times, various times, different manners, he spake in times past, and you can look at it in the Old Testament, unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir. And you might want to get your little pen out. We're not going to spend a lot of time exposing this morning, but you might want to under, underline this, heir of all things. Heir of all things. Remember when Satan said, if you'll just fall down and worship, you, worship me, I will give you all these things. And Jesus could have said, it's okay, I'll just wait. <laughs> Amen? I'll just wait. My father's about to give it all to me anyway. Amen? By the way, Satan, the things that you think you're going to give to me, notice what it says this after this, by whom also he made the worlds. Amen? The things you're trying to give to me, I mean, think about this, honestly, it's kind of funny. The things you're trying to give to me, I made. Amen? They're not yours. The Father may have given you some authority over them right now, but I made them. They were mine when I made them. And now they're going to be mine because I'm about to earn all of them. Amen? It's remarkable. I tell you, we have no idea what was accomplished by what our Lord Jesus Christ earned for us. One of the things, by the way, you are a, I don't know if we have to, we don't have time for this, but you are a joint heir of these things. Amen? You talk about an inheritance. What is my inheritance? My inheritance is what Jesus gets. That's nice. Amen? 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 Yes? I don't know if any of you have any wealthy uncles. It's always an uncle. My rich uncle died and suddenly I was rich. It's like, why didn't his kids get all of that? Amen? And it's like, oh, he didn't have any children. You know, I'm, 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 he's my uncle. My Lord Jesus Christ is heir of all things. Does it, does it strike anybody at all as odd? It doesn't strike me at all as odd at all that everything that seems to be given to the saints is given back to the Son. Every crown, every reward that we get, it seems to me we give it back to him in the book of Revelation. Why is that true? Because we know where it belongs. Amen? Amen? Well done, thou good and faithful service. Here, Lord, you're the good and faithful servant. 
You're the good and faithful servant. If it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't even be here. Never mind, have a reward. Amen? Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ and and how he relates to the Father, and upholding all things by the word of his power. And this is my favorite part of this verse. When he had by himself purged our sins. That's where I shout. When he had by himself. Did Peter help? Let's be honest now. Did John help? Did Mary help? Did anybody help? No. Have you helped? That's laughable. Where, what happened to my sins? By himself. Jesus purged my sins. By himself. By himself. Why do you suppose it is we sing, Thou art worthy? Amen? Thou art worthy. Why is it directed to one place and one place only? Because he's the only one who is worthy. Amen? You'll notice nobody sings on that day to Paul, the Apostle Paul, and says, Thou art worthy, because he is not. He's in the group singing. Amen? Nobody's singing to David, Thou art worthy, because he is not. He's in the group that's singing. Amen? All of us together with all eyes. Can you imagine that? All eyes fixed in the same place on the lamb that was slain. And we sing a new song. Amen? And I believe we get to sing, Mark. Amen? I get, you know, Mark and I's participation in singing is to say amen. Amen? Maybe <laughs> mine too much says amen. But I don't think on that day. I don't think on that day. When he had purged our sins by himself, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You know what? I got to just say this just for a moment. What would cause this king to stand up? What would cause the king who sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high to stand up? You want to know what causes him to stand up? The death of one of his saints. Yes, Stephen says, I see the Son of God standing on the right hand. Amen? Welcoming him home. What a remarkable, you know, we sing, does Jesus care? You know, one of the most, one of the most, how would I say this? Be kind. One of the stupidest questions in the Bible is when the apostles say, does thou not care that we perish? I came here that you not perish. <laughs> You're not going to perish. That's why I've come. Amen. Amen. You may, you might drown, but you will not perish. Amen. I've come that you would not perish. By the way, go back and look at that passage and notice when he told them to get into the boat, he told them to get into it to go to the other side, not get into it and drown in the middle. Remember that the next time you're going through a trial. Amen. Jesus does not bring you to a trial to drown in the middle of it. Amen. He brought you to the middle of the trial to take you to the other side. Amen. And when you get to the other side, you will see how much greater he was than you thought he was before you got in it to begin with. Being made so much better than the angels. I, you know, there's a song, and I, and I like the song. You may not like it, I like it. He could have called 10,000 angels. 
to destroy the world and set him free. Let me tell you something. As much as I like that song, I'm beginning to understand he didn't need 10,000 angels. Amen? He didn't need anybody. He could have called 10,000 angels, or he could have just simply spoken, and it would have been done. Amen? Yes? No? Do you have any idea the power of the Word of God? Do you have any idea the power of the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ? He didn't have to call 10,000 angels. The angels bow to him. Amen? They worship him. He is far above all principality and power in heavenly places. He is far above everything worships the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything does. Now, I think I'm going to stop there. Because what I'd like you to do is this. I'd like you to consider not did what I say ring true, not was it a blessing to you, but let me ask you this question. Will this word make a difference in your life today, tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Will it make a difference? Can you wake in the morning and say, I want to spend time with the one who is far above. I want to spend time with him. Listen, I need to spend time with the one who is far above. I want to spend time with him. Listen to me. This is a marvelous thing. I know you've heard this before. I know you've heard this before. You couldn't get an audience in the White House today. Not really sure that you'd want one right now, but you couldn't get one if you wanted one. You couldn't get a, an audience in the governor's mansion today. You couldn't. You couldn't. We could not go up to the governor's mansion in Virginia, up in Richmond today, and say, I'd like to see the governor. He would say, and you are? <laughs> oh, I'm with him. And he would say, and you are? <laughs> but the king of kings, listen to me. This is not to be despised. This is not to be thought lightly of. The king of kings wants you. You know, one of the things I've come to understand is Jesus is not tired of me coming. You know, we sing this song, the kids sing it. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, but my sister, but it's me, oh. How often do you stand in the need of prayer? Well, just keep going. Just keep going. Here's what you're going to find is this. Let's just stay here. Let's just stay here. Let's not come and go. Let's just abide here in the presence of the Almighty God. By the way, the Almighty abides here in the presence of you. Amen? He's given us His Holy Spirit. We're going to spend a lot of time taking back what the charismatics have taken from us. It's time that we appreciate the true power of the Holy Ghost within us because it is vital to you growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to know that He has put the almighty power of God within you. He has. I do not have to live under my circumstances because the almighty God lives within me. And when did it happen? As soon as I believed. Yes? As soon as I believed, as soon as I was a new creature, the Holy Ghost came and lived within me. It's a gift. It's the comforter. Amen? Yeah, the comforter has come. The comforter has come. He dwells within you and I, and we live like paupers with the Almighty God dwelling within us. Spiritually speaking, we live like paupers. We are so weak. We are so anemic. We are so tossed about. We are so thrown. It's amazing to me to see the expression on one another's faces when difficulty comes. Instead of simply, this is, I'm telling you, do you, I'm going to close with this. Do you remember when Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus and everybody's weeping? Do you remember that? Do you remember 
when we studied that, I said, you would think somebody would have stood up and said, wait, wait, Jesus has come. Let's see what he can do. But nobody did. Jesus is not weeping for Lazarus. He's weeping because nobody there had the understanding to know that he was able to do what needed to be done. Amen? But listen, listen. They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You do. What's your excuse? What's your excuse for being anxious, angry, frustrated, weak? What's your excuse? We have none. Listen, listen. Not only do we have one, we don't need to live like that anymore. Amen? Amen? Well, not enough amens. As Dr. House, I say it, amen, oh me, good night, Irene, something like that. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have to preach that a little bit more, amen? Maybe we'll just have to study that a little bit more. The almighty God lives within you. So my son called. My son called and said, uh, Dad, um, the guy in front of me stopped real quick. When the conversation starts like that, you know it's not good. <laughs> this is just a week before he goes to college, by the way. It's like a parting gift from Andrew, amen? <laughs> the guy in front of me stopped real Well, actually, it was the guy in front of him, actually sideways in the road. So the guy, so he and the guy in front of him on Volvo Parkway, 45 mile an hour road, the guy just flat out sideways stopped in the road and blocked both lanes and they both slammed on their brakes and slid and, and, and Andrew said, and dad, the brakes didn't work. The steering didn't work. I said, everything worked. You were hydroplaning, Andrew. That's why if you'd have let off the brake, you could have steered the car, but that's really not that big a deal. But what's amazing is this. I said, well, Andrew, is anybody hurt? He said, no, nobody's hurt. I said, how bad's the car? Pretty bad. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, I'll be there in just a minute. I said, does it run? He said, well, I drove it off the road. And uh, so I drove, and I remember driving out there thinking, Lord, you have what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. Now, I'd like to say since Jesus came into my heart, but he came into my heart when I was 22, and I think this wonderful change happened about six months ago. Just a tremendous peace from knowing the power of the Holy Spirit living within me. Does, listen, is God over those circumstances? He is. And so I did not have to be a victim of them. Amen. I was able to go. It was able to be a learning experience for my son. It was able to we were able to be a testimony to the guy. By the way, the, it's interesting because the guy that my son hit was not mad at my son. He was mad at that guy who, who he kept going on and on about who drove away after he caused the accident. That's who the guy was mad at. But we were able to talk about the love of God in our lives. It was just wonderful. Just wonderful. That's what Jesus has for us. Amen. And listen, 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 please understand. I'm not talking about a plastic smile. I'll get through this. Jesus loves you. Amen. We were at a baseball game. We were at a baseball game years ago. Rick May's birthday. Amen. We were at a baseball game in in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Cincinnati uh, watching a team that's actually very good now. Amen. And uh, I don't know if they were good that did they win. I don't even know if they won that day. Anyway, the guy behind me, the guy behind me was me before I was saved. He was enjoying his beverage, his time. And he thought everybody around him should enjoy his time. And then he jumped up, at, you know, they must have got a hit or something, you know what I'm saying? And he spilled all of his beer all over me, just went right over my head, all the way down, all down me. And, um, and they started to pause, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And my wife said, honey, tell him it's okay. I said, well, give me a minute. <laughs> 
I don't want to lie to him. <laughs> right, right now it's not okay, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, I gotta be honest with you. That's, that's not what God's looking for. Give me a minute. It's not what He's looking for. It's not. It's not. Now, that's even better than what I would have done before I was saved, but that's not what He's looking for. That's not the victory He's looking for. What He's looking for is it is okay. It is okay. Let me tell you about the grace of God that changed me. Amen? That can change you. That's, that's what our great, we're, but the book of Hebrews is a great high priest pouring out a whole new quality of life into your life. That's what we're going to look at together. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. It is important to you when we start this look that you recognize how much higher He is, how much more powerful He is, how much greater He is than the angels, than everything else when, you, when He starts ministering into your heart and life.